We've lost Dexter's image. Oh, <laughs> Dexter. 2022. 2022. Yeah, big news, everybody. Big news. <laughs> Hopefully, Dexter will get that fixed here shortly and we'll bring him in. Uh, welcome, everybody. Can't believe we've made uh, 2022. We all survived. Everybody's here except for Dexter. We're not quite sure he might have died. Uh, it's the computer went bye bye. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, yeah, is Weber coming in to start? Is that the, the news? Weber's going full time. <laughs> yeah, Daryl was Daryl was asking, uh, "What's new going on? Do we have any new intros? New anything like that?" Nope, I was lazy over the Christmas holidays and relaxed. But uh, I guess we could have brought Adam in. That would have been a good idea. Totally forgiven, buddy. This is <laughs> it's nice to be able to talk bowling again. No, no big expectations on that. So I think it's uh, it's all good. Glad you enjoyed the holidays. Mm -hmm. So. Big announcement. We might as well start off with our own news, right? We have uh, something that we released with Alley Cat Brewing. Yeah. The Five Pin Bruniverse. Five Pin Bruniverse. Uh, yeah. So we uh, brought that with Alley Cat, and I think it was released on the 21st or 23rd of December. 23rd, yeah. The Tuesday. And uh, it sounds like sales are going really well. We can't thank you all enough for supporting us and doing that. Uh, Dexter was going to announce all the all the places that have it in stock at the moment, but maybe he we'll do he that. Said he's, he sent a text, what did he? <laughs> uh, so it oh. looks like Sher Sherwood Bowl, HJ's up in Grand Prairie, Toppler, Paradise Lanes, uh, the Shaughnessy Safeway Liquor Store in Calgary, Jack's Liquor Store in Edmonton, um, Liquor for Less in Grand Prairie, and Royal Spirits in Grand Prairie all carry it at this point in time. Absolutely. I, we have to show a shout out Amber here. Amber's our uh, Alley Cat rep. So, nice. Hi, Amber. She's the one <laughs> hi, that Amber. Helped us set yeah. this all up and yeah. got it going. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Amber. Yeah. It's good. It's been a cool kind of thing, right? We played the Boxing Day tournament and a lot of people were having them or just you know, random nights and uh my brother picked up some too and gave them to a doctor for some uh, as a gift and he's like yeah they're approved so it's, uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's going well i think you got a lot of a lot of sales so far the initial batch that we bought right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah well, good, I... good numbers so far to start obviously the more bowling centers or more features or the more things we get it out there people get used to it just becomes one of those staple items in their bowling centers that's where we want people you know, buying yeah. a liquor store is great, obviously, too. Then you got it out of home stock. But, yeah, any, any way you want to buy it, that's uh, we can help you out. Obviously, not out of province yet. That's still something that we're not out of Alberta yet. Obviously, people are asking, and how do we ship it, and how do we do that? We can figure out logistics, right? But yeah. I hear Amber's yeah. working on that right as we speak. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm totally the kidding. Just throwing her in the chat. <laughs> yeah, throw her in the chat. Yeah. Well, let's bring her in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, send her the group link. Yeah, there That's we right. go. You guys want to meet Amber? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're 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 a good tasting beer. They're easy drinking, and um, it's, I don't know. It was kind of, it was kind of exciting. That uh, I know we we had it in their center, so we we're actually really excited about it. But then we hear a random liquor store that our uh, Jeremy Harry Simchuk goes to liquor store is on top of the. Uh, right beside the cash till, like that's pretty cool. Yeah, like it's on that. display yeah. in a random liquor store. I love it. I yeah. love the random. Well, I mean, there's, a, 
and there's a lot of bowlers out there, or there's a lot of people out there just want to try, you know, different beer. So why not pick up a flat at a liquor totally. store and somebody comes in, hey, what's this? Yeah, try this. They're supporting the cause. And oh, okay, cool. That's who knows. It's a story. Yeah. Craft beer is all, uh, the, all, the, all the craze yeah. right now, right? So I'm, I'm sure all those places are, you know, looking through their order list and, hey, what's this new one? Like, what is this? We haven't heard of this before. Let's bring it in and see what happens. And yeah, yeah. suddenly we have it in a couple random liquor stores in Edmonton, a couple random liquor stores in Grand Prairie, so, uh, some in Calgary. It's awesome. Well, let's just hope what? it doesn't collect dust in those liquor stores. Five pin bowling cells. Let's, let's, uh, let's turn it over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, hey, then spin, uh, spin all universe. goes back to how goes spin universe. All goes back into five pin U. Twenty five cents each goes back into uh, five pin universe, where you know equipment, right? I think Carrie, you're talking about some new equipment for our upcoming tournaments and some of that stuff like that, right? Just people want to know what the money's going towards. Not a bad idea to share what ideas are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're at, we spend the extra funds that we have from obviously we got to pay like the programs we use in order to bring this podcast to you guys weekly and Patreon and all that good stuff, but whatever left goes back into some type of bowling product. If it's us investing in cameras or tripods or microphones for the podcast guys, so they sound better or stuff like that to help better production is where this is all going and what this whole thing was started uh, about. And the production of like the five pin universe pro league and uh the eight gamer and stuff like that that's where all this all this funding goes to that you guys are so kindly um giving to us by either buying our beer or being a part of patreon.com right yeah, yeah we just ultimately want to just promote the game as much as we can and um yeah you guys are you guys are carry you you've done awesome daryl you've done such a great job with all your merchandise and stuff and tim does the great job with the with the guests and it's awesome it's just the more we could build this up the better it is for the game and we need something like that right now so yeah mm -hmm. uh let's chat a little bowling what did happen over the the holidays did we i mean where did we leave off on uh pro league let's let's go there we had a what was the last match of pro league that we did that would have been uh <laughs> match number eight you can find yep. it on our YouTube page and uh, watch it live or go to 5pinuniverse.ca and look under the events. And um, so, actually, I'll bring that up and we'll see. <laughs> it's been so long. I don't even oh, know. Sure. I, 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 I know sorry, it is. Sorry, Tim. Yeah. I know it is. Daryl's team had a record score. That's what he wanted to talk about. Oh, that's right. right. We there, did. there we go. Oh, did it's, we? It's, no, it just we stroke did. his own ego. Yeah, there no, we go. We I knew that exactly. wasn't the last match of the year, was it? Uh... December 19th? Oh, maybe it was December 19th. <laughs> go figure. Yeah, Weird. there we go. Oh, the stats been updated. Maybe that's what I wanted to segue to. Uh, no, individual stats are not updated yet. Victor, so, uh... who's doing that? Come on, man. <laughs> Let's go. Help the brother out, right? Come on, man. <laughs> he, he's got yeah. like 17 kids. Christmas would have been busy for yeah. him. <laughs> but what's uh, so the next? Next events, obviously, we're eight game, eight weeks in. There's 16 week season, um, so we're halfway. Uh, next event or next game day is on January 16th. Uh, mm -hmm. We know that for sure, right? And then yeah, out of the, then then further that the 23rd, and then not the 20 that next weekend, and then into February. So a couple more into January, and then we'll uh, we'll keep on building on the pro team league too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. exactly. Um, I was just trying to 
Oh, there we go. I found it. So sh show nine is uh, Paradise Marble and Okanagan Eclipse are in there. Panorama Mad Hatters and the Dream Crushers are in there one more time. So yeah, so lots of lots of big matches there. Um, Okanagan Ooh. Eclipse, obviously, they haven't played since the very first week, so they're they're rearing to go. Yeah. They're definitely any, excited, any, that's for sure. Any, any good tidbits down there, Dexter, since you were down uh, in Okanagan? Did you see any of the guys down there at all, other than Kelsey? I saw Drew. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, no real tidbits. We went and played. We went and played. Uh, we played on 13-14 in Lincoln, and it was uh, – I mean, it's been my game. <laughs> Lots of punches, but uh, it, once it warmed up, once those lanes warmed up a little, they got a little bit better, but they were – Pretty choppy at the mo at the uh, yeah he did he took all my money, um, but uh, <laughs> lots of chops to start and then they warmed up and they were really good but apparently thirteen fourteen aren't used ever so um, the rest of the house looked like it was scoring pretty good nice little center first time like, was there a, was there a tournament out there little little fun no no tournament at all in BC right now oh okay um, that's been shut down through COVID so there's yeah no where are we at with that across the country guys right. Ontario's shut down completely, aren't they? I saw Nebs is closed. All is that all bowling centers? Yeah. All Ontario's closed down. All all Go entertainment back. centers are are shut down. So that means like I think I do believe movie theaters and all that stuff. It's only retail open fifty percent. Wow. Yeah. Like, uh, and BC is weird. BC, you could have like you can go to restaurants, you can go to movies, you can go bowling with your family or friends or whatever you'd like, but. You can't have tournaments and you can't have gyms open. Like, why? Why can you go to a movie but you can't go to the gym? Like, why yeah, can you yeah. go bowling next to random people, but you can't bowl at a tournament, and you can't yeah. go to the gym? It's bizarre. I don't. I don't understand because in Alberta, we uh, for us since we're a venue under five hundred, nothing really affects us except for our liquor stops at eleven, and we can't have tables of ten or more, right? So, which is totally fine, but. So they're okay with having any amount of group. I could have a, a 30 person group on a lanes and then I have them in the back room and I'd be like, Oh guys, by the way, it's tables of six. You guys can mingle while you bowl, but you guys can mingle while you eat. Um, I, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's kind of a little bit of crazy, but, uh, oh, um, but we're, we're not Ontario. Time. Right. So and we're not Quebec. And so we're fortunate that way. So. Yeah. Knock on wood that, um, obviously restrictions will be coming. They obviously brought these ones in. Hopefully we don't get too much more extreme ones like, uh, Ontario and Quebec. Quebec's under curfew even like, I, once again, we don't want to make this into a political podcast or a medical podcast or anything like that, but it just seems the weird drastic each province is taking is yeah. mind boggling. Yeah, you're right. Ontario was like, but they they have been from the start. They've been very quick to to shut down. At least, at least, I mean, and and Alberta's been the opposite. We've been on the very slow side of doing things for sure. But mm -hmm. as long, I guess, as long as you know what, our hospitalization and ICU numbers stay okay. That's ultimately, yeah. that's ultimately the whole thing, right? And and infrastructure this is pretty mild. So, yeah, you know what? I guess the only person in Ontario is happy is our, our friend of our show, Mitch Davies. He likes when lockdowns happen. So yeah, uh, yeah. He lockdown. <laughs> he's so super super happy. Yeah, 
But I mean, that's yeah. just, that, that just I mean, kills kills the season for a lot of people out there in January, right? I mean, there's a lot of tournaments and a lot of things that are happening for them and qualifyings and stuff like that. I mean, that's just, oh boy. Yeah. Hope this doesn't continue. I mean, I hope it doesn't continue across the country too, but geez, typically you've seen that they're the first one and then everybody else within a week or something like that, they're almost there too. So, yeah. Oh, and yeah. like they're saying there in the chat there, we know it's only for 21 days so far. So let's hope... Hopefully yeah. it's only for 21 days. They only miss three weeks and they get back to what they yeah. were doing. But yeah, yeah, insane. I don't know. I, I mean, Karen and I are the only ones that are healthy right now. So, I mean, we're doing the right thing, guys. Hey. We're doing the right hey, thing. I'm isn't it, isn't it illegal I'm, to like give out other people's medical records? Isn't that illegal? Yeah. Oh, I, I, actually, uh, uh, whoa. Wow. <laughs> are, are you wow. sick? Wow, Dex. <laughs> I'm dealing with it, guys. I, I'm I'm positive, and it's uh, and we're we're dealing with it as a family right now, and you know we're dealing with mild symptoms and little blowing noses, and everybody sort of had their night of uncomfortable, you know, scratchy throats, but it's just been a mild flu, and yeah. you know it's it's super unfortunate. Obviously, we know a ton of people that have and are experiencing it, and thankfully that the symptoms are just super small and not overwhelming, and nobody's having to be rushed to the hospital. So. Obviously yeah. thankful for that. Yeah, same with me. It just it's just been kind of a nagging cough and, and some lung troubles, and that's been about it. It's been it's been pretty pretty minor for the for most part. Uh I'm, I'm sure the vaccine plays into that as well. But um yeah, it's good. It's a mild strain and it, it's just super contagious. So if you're <laughs> if if you feel sick, stay home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no need to go out and just say it's a cold and pass and it i mean that's the cold. i mean in alberta where there are only it's five days right so stay home you know if you test positive or if you're negative after five days then you're kind of good to go again just have to wear a mask everywhere yeah. so no problem right yeah. deal with yeah. it and get better and get healthy and 100 and that's negative and move on um, I guess with that, with that being said here, we have our second set of Masters tournaments coming up this weekend for the Tournament Masters in Stetler, Alberta at Heartland Bowl for with Robert. And then uh, Heritage Lane's on the Sunday with uh, Shelby. So, and the ladies um, in Innisfail. Yeah, yeah, ladies are in Innisfail, that's right. And just a quick while you said show, uh, is, is there, uh, there was a tournament at New Year's at Heritage, Tim, right? Uh, the Derby Crest Memorial Tournament that I think has been good supported over the years. So, super mm -hmm. good, yeah. They raised uh, over 7,500 for ALS. Um, That's they awesome. big donations for Derby, and um, obviously, Shelby's dad passed away, so it was, uh, it, it's a uh, pretty close to the heart for the Crest family. and and heritage lane so yeah it, a little bit different than normal you usually have two shifts in the afternoon and everybody's gung-ho and you know uh it was in the evening and it wasn't it was a little bit tamer than normal but uh it still it was for a good cause and they raised with the half amount of people the, the normal amount usually that they raise which is uh pretty incredible absolutely yeah. that's awesome good for them yeah that's awesome um you guys had the boxing day tournament as well yeah yeah yeah, we that did, ran uh, smoothly. Ran smoothly, uh, you know, and you know, it ran pretty good. It was uh, fun, man. Like, it was fun. We, I had a couple of runs. My team just pointed it out there, boys. The old handicap tournament. I know it's that's the the name of the game. It's a, a handicap, but my partners and I we were first and second. Just a shout out for DB the bowler. 
Yeah, I, I have scratch. to. So first and second scratch, scratch, scratch. not yeah. not handicap. First and second uh, scratch. I, I, I do, I do, I do want to point out Daryl play with Johnny and Matt, both legends of the game, right? So well, Schultz, I was <laughs> higher than, and Johnny, Johnny was big. Johnny was on. Johnny was very good. Yeah, jo- I, Johnny I, is like his no tap tournaments. That's his mo. Yeah, he, he just what does yeah, he, he loves his no tap tournaments. I, I was gonna yeah. say it's a it's a no tap tournament, so Johnny's uh, gonna be lights out. I do, I do, I do have to say. Pick I your partners wisely, boys. Shifts, both Cindy, yeah. both shifts, and she outplayed me one shift, and she actually beat me scratch. Um, she played that well. That's I mean, awesome. I played. I, yeah, and, she played but she's really a, well like, and, how do you? Like, how have you not trained her to be not bocce style? Like I don't. Oh, I, I don't know. She's like, I'll I have, ask Dexter. How's Kelsey a bocce? Have, you know what? Yeah, exactly. What's with you guys? Like she, she, it's she, the way, she it's the way, it's the way that she, though. That's the way Kelsey can bowl yeah. both hands, both feet, any combination. Yeah, this is no. just the one that she was most consistent on. The one thing I learned about Cindy is that if she wants, she her mind's made up on one thing, we're yeah. just going to work with what she wants to oh, do. I'm going to chip away at her. If she wants to throw her. off I'm the wrong gonna, foot, yeah, yeah. God bless her, we'll Cindy, make it work. Cindy, make yes. a change. Work on, work, on your, work on your left foot slide. I think you should make that change. I think it's important. Yeah. I, I think I have to pick her up off the floor because I don't think she's coordinated. I don't think. <laughs> Sounds she, like you she, she can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Uh, let's pay some bills here before we bring in our special guest. <laughs> Wait, one, we, one more thing. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Tim, how did you like, how did you like your uh, Secret Santa gift? Oh yeah, it's it fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Did you did you want to share it with the podcast? Group? What? No, I don't actually. I'm good. <laughs> it was so good though. Yeah. Okay. No, no, Tim, I... Tim Tim wants to keep this all private. Wow. But, uh, yeah. Well, wow. if you guys want to know what it yeah. is, just yeah, he'll throw people's Dexter. medical yeah. histories, but he won't show us a gift. Oh man, I I feel contagious just right now around you. So I'm leaving it as is. <laughs> Hashtag show us the gift. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you can become a patron at <laughs> patreon.com slash 5pinuniverse for as little as $2 a month help support this podcast and, uh... <laughs> it's, uh, that, that's fantastic Cindy that's awesome oh, that's, no. that's good that's good. A she reminder every time Tim goes to bed I love and then uh, we want to thank All Star Bowling Sales. They're once again our sponsor of the week. They help us out. And uh, Alley Cat, obviously, they helped us bring the Five Pin Bruniverse. Um, so they're considered a sponsor by me, at least. And uh, we'll, play, we'll play All Stars. Oh, actually, let's do. Um, you guys want to do a giveaway? All Star Bowling Sales will do a giveaway. What's the, what's the hashtag we're going to use this time? Hashtag show us the gift. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't have it. Uh never mind. Well apparently it's not. No. It's, uh, so there you go. Hashtag show us the gift. We'll add you into the all-star draw. And you <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You better come up with something. Maybe it doesn't have to be exactly what it is, but there's gonna oh, be, a, to, there's oh, gonna be bring, something I can, the I can bring yeah. out the tequila. I can bring yeah, out the tequila. Yeah, think of something. Yeah. Okay, we'll run the commercial and then we'll bring in the special guest of the week. I love all the comments. Keep them coming. Get into yeah. the draw here, people. The entries are just rolling in. <laughs> Let's talk some bowling. We got to go to bowling. Yeah, talk. for sure. All right. So without further ado, our uh, guest of the week 
a legend of the game and still playing, as we were discussing here before, Mr. Lloyd Weens. Welcome hey. to the show. Hey, Lloyd. Hey, thanks. Lloyd, good to see you. Likewise, thanks for the invite. We've been trying to get you on for a long time. Glad you finally joined us. <laughs> yeah, work kind of got in the way, unfortunately. That's Yeah, totally fair. <laughs> Semi-retired now. Winter's Good up. for you. Good for you. I'm I'm adding you to the draw as well here, Lloyd. Uh, so if Five Pin Universe gets drawn for it, we'll uh, we'll send that to you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was looking for a spot to comment and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> so how how's life for you, Lloyd? How are things out there? Doing well, doing well. Well, with COVID and everything as well as can be expected. Fortunately, we can bowl and get my exercise that way and have a lot of fun. Hey, by the way, what's wrong with bocce style? Yeah, what's wrong? <laughs> I knew it was in the and the notes coming up at some point, like, so that's why I was also just doing one. I've done so much damage to my left yeah. knee, I have to play that way. <laughs> yeah, do you play that permanently now? I play it permanently now. Um, my son got me back into the game. I took, I blew out my knee good and proper the second time, and I hit a bit of a depression, and I walked away from the game for probably about five years. And my son convinced me to come back and play. And it was the best feeling I could have possibly had walking back into the alley and seeing a whole bunch of old friends again. It wasn't to play the game. It was just seeing everybody again. You know, it just, it really tugged at my heartstrings. And uh, it was a really good feeling. And I played bocce style for probably about three years. And I, I've got knee braces for both knees, but I only use the one for the left knee because that's the bad one, so to speak. And uh, all of a sudden, for shits and giggles, so to speak, I tried playing the way I used to. And all of a sudden, I found I could play, and I didn't have any pain at all. And I was, oh, hey, maybe, just maybe. And I started playing and started getting started practicing and whatnot. And be darned if I didn't make another men's team. And uh, I luck we just we finished second. Brad Brad Moans came alive and killed us in the final but i got lucky and i snagged uh, one more all-star and it was a nice moment it was a nice way to come back and finish so to speak but now i'm trying to do a bocce style now I'm you're trying to two and a quarter having yeah. fun with it so yeah that, that's what it's about it's definitely doable and there's 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 definitely some merit to throwing it that way too um like other people have thrown said in the in the uh, comments there too there's no right or wrong way as long as you can master it, right? Um, yeah, as long as you're consistent. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all yeah. it takes. The one thing I've always found throwing off the right foot is that it's it's really hard to drop your shoulder as much. It's it's almost a little bit easier to stay over your shot and square than it is. Um, you can't put the ball down as much, which is no. I get a lot more lift now than I ever used to, but I don't get down near as low as yeah, yeah. That's what you, you definitely stay up higher. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I would always worry about shanking the ball off my right ankle, but maybe That's maybe we cool. need to. Yeah, <laughs> do Knock a little. Comp. Not yet. <laughs> we need to do a little combo bocce style. style. Yeah, the, us us five pin you guys. We need to do a game bocce style and see who comes out ahead. I'll crush you. For, I'm going to be terrible. Let's I'm go. sure of it. Let me know when you play. I'll come play for twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Yeah, now, yeah, why did you choose bocce style versus using your left hand? Uh, I felt it was going to be too hard to be coordinated 
switching over to the left hand, and I watched Greg Peter Regis for years, and yeah. it just how smooth he was and whatnot, and to a point that I tried bringing that into the game, and it's it's taken a while, but uh, like I say, I'm having fun again. <laughs> uh, I think I told you earlier I was going after a shot, and threw threw it the way I wanted and felt really good. I turned around to my left, and all of a sudden, I got Mike Wist. That I'm standing in front of Mike is oops, and I just dodged to the right of him and, or left of him. Is a little, sorry, bud. So neat to be my Italian stallion yeah. or what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to have that feeling back and be able to say, "See, see." Oh, I, yeah. There's been a few times that all all of a sudden the yelling's coming back and this and that and Jen Huron. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> You're saying that you bowled with a little bit of uh, enthusiasm, did you, Lloyd? Just a little bit. I've done I've done a fair amount of damage to my legs because of it. I was going for a 900 at Eastview in the major league. I got it, but unfortunately, when I slid backwards, I I lost the footing of my right leg, and I did the splits. I tore all the muscles from the cheek of my butt to the back of my knee. It took me about a year to get over that one, but boy, have I still got flexibility now. You know. Boy, I, I just I think, we need, I think we need to institute that, boys. On Thursday nights, if one of us is going for a nine hundred, we need to be throwing down like r- running it out, right? We're gonna we're yeah. gonna call it something, right? Yeah, yeah. we gotta do something. We to say I enjoyed the game is an understatement. Yeah, I love it. That's so good to hear. Hmm. Um, we playing one of the TV shows. I had a match. I believe the gentleman's name was Fred Stanfield. I can't recall for sure we were i believe it was the roxy theater in winnipeg mm-hmm. and uh, we were playing upstairs and i heard one of the people say well we're gonna have to reinforce the beams upstairs because both of these guys are too lively they jump too much we <laughs> <laughs> just got a good chuckle over that one <laughs> well that's awesome we need to da- we need to dig up some footage somewhere hey uh there's that iconic photo yeah it is yeah i i still don't know where well the cameraman was behind the uh, behind the lanes and or behind the shields. And fortunately, an old friend of mine that I grew up with just down the street worked at the Star Phoenix newspaper, and he saw the photo come across, and he gave me that print as a keepsake. So it was just, yeah, really nice. Absolutely cool. I love it. It's one of my favorite photos. No, that that was me in intensity. Uh, we were playing uh, nationals, I believe it was Sudbury, and three three and a half games in, I was averaging probably about three thirty, three forty, and me being as lively as I was, they had the ball returns that protruded out a little bit, and unfortunately, when I went up, I came down, my ankle twisted severely, and as a result, I sat out the game and. I, the rest of the game and uh, put lots of ice on it. And I, I went back in and played afterwards. I went to the hospital and, right. uh, Oh, you tore everything in your ankle quite severely. This, that is okay. Well, what can I do? Can I still play? And the doctor and nurse just looked at me dumbfounded. What do you mean? Can you, I said, I'm out of nationals. I came here to play. So lots of ice and a couple of 12 packs every night. <laughs> Life was good. We played. Yeah. Well, we played. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's get out there. I'm not. I'm not here to not play. I'm put me in, coach. I'm, That's right. I'm, I'm wrap this thing up and do what you got to do, and I'll plant it, and we'll we'll go. Yeah. Now, on that, Lloyd, is were you that energy that you used? Do you think that that was used to your benefit, and it sort of you you know uh, perhaps intimidated other players that they knew, oh shit, Lloyd's gonna get going, right? Here we go, and you know somebody else might not be able to deal with that level think- of excitement. I think to a point, everybody over the years got quite used to it because that was a part of my game. Um, I I thrived off of the adrenaline, uh, off the adrenaline, and just all the energy. I drank a lot of Pepsi back then. I just, I didn't eat much because I didn't like playing on a full stomach. Yeah, but just to keep the sugar going and whatnot, and all the energy I burned off. It, um, yeah. I, I, if I didn't have that energy, you knew I wasn't playing well. But yeah, I yeah, it was it was fun. I had a lot had a lot of fun jumping around and whatnot. And people knew. Well, like I I had asked Mike, "Is it, you remember I do this kind of stuff, right?" He says, "Yeah, that's why I hadn't moved yet, so to speak." And, <laughs> but yeah, uh, back in '84, we were practicing getting ready for uh nationals and uh jenny irvin she was uh on the ladies team and uh we at that time it's the only time the men's team the ladies team and the mixed team all practiced together up until the national competition i've never been associated with another team event like that where everybody practiced together and it was so much fun that year uh, the Nationals were in Saskatoon, but I don't think it really would have mattered where it was. The men's team won gold. The ladies' team won gold. The mixed team won silver. It just We were such a tight-knit group, and it was so much fun. But I had thrown a shot in practice, and it didn't matter. I played practice like I played league, like I played tournament. It didn't matter. I got into it. And I came back from a shot, and I pulled my right arm back, and... Jenny was just bending over to pick up a ball and my arm just went over top of her head and just everybody's just oh. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't believe it. it's practice Lloyd, relax. <laughs> no, I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Well let's uh what do you think say guys? Let's wheel it back all the way to the beginning, Lloyd. And let's uh let's start from the early days and we'll do a little chronological and get into some good stories and can't wait to hear you got an amazing resume and bio that tim's put together it's it's awesome you guys so thank you uh want to look forward to chatting some good stories here for you know big numbers uh where did you start bowling where was uh where did it all begin uh i want at the old hunter's bowl bowl i watched a great aunt of mine play and i was six years old at the time and i want to do this so I, when I turned seven, I started playing YBC over at the KG. And uh, it ended up being home sweet home. Up and through my junior years, I played, but I really didn't excel. And then uh, starting my senior year, all, all of a sudden things started to click. And then I had the help of uh, Edna Patterson, Tom Patterson's mom, and Ken Pizzy, Blair Pizzy's father. And all of a sudden with their guidance and everything just really started to click. 
Um, I averaged really well at the KG. I think my last year at YBC, I was over 260. And uh, but I couldn't get out of zones. Wow. Uh, whether it be team or singles, we were playing at uh, the old Rex Bolodrome uh, downtown, the only uh, free fall place we had at the time. And I didn't know the rule about clearing the deadwood. And you couldn't see the pin behind. But when I threw in the 10th frame, all of a sudden the pin showed up, got docked 15 points. We ended up losing by, I think it was 12 or 13. Oh, no. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Really? That kind of that hit me hard because that was my first chance. And I let down the team, and that really bothered me. What was the story? Like the deadwood, you had to clear it from the deck? You had to clear the deadwood. Couldn't see the deadwood hiding behind the pin. So in the 10th frame, when you threw your first strike, they would just yeah. go to the back, and they'd reset another five yeah. pins. But so, the deadwood, uh, they weren't cleared from the back it, because they it, could be for used. For some as, reason, it was hiding behind the pin and didn't clear. And as a result, they ended up getting a foul because they didn't clear the deadwood. Because somebody called you on it and saw it. Well, yeah. obviously, you got it's a it, is, it was a foul at times. So yeah, yeah. So at that time, we had manual scorekeepers and everything, you know. So it's seen right away, right? Yeah, and it is, and it is. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, hmm. That was my only chance at a team, and after that, the next three, no, two, next two years, I was singles, but I'd punch my lights out. Everybody was, oh, you got a lock, you got a lock. But I would try so bloody hard that I just punched my lights out all the time. And it was quite frustrating watching friends go to nationals and whatnot and win nationals in YBC. And I couldn't even get out of the city, and I was, I was playing well. So that was a little frustrating. Um, I played the uh, KG Open that year, the Molson Canadian Open that year. And I had watched watched a little bit a few years before. As, well, I can't play YBC next year because I'll be too old. So I took a kick kick at it, and I finished third. I qualified thirty first. Okay, now the, now we have match play. What's this stuff all about? Because I have no idea. <clears throat> I ended up. I forget who I played, but I ended up losing my first match by seven, and my second match by eleven. And from there, I was hooked because if I can get that close, I know I can get over the hump. Yeah, yeah, totally. So, uh, I went to Calgary the next year. Well, before that, with the YBC, all of a sudden, I forfeit. At that time, you couldn't make cash from YBC, so I forfeited it. Okay, I was going to be too old next year anyway, so it really didn't matter. Over the summer, they raised the age limit on me. I was just choked because now I'm stuck in limbo. I can't play YBC and I can't play the open yet. Oh, bummer. So I'm stuck in limbo, so to speak. So I practiced and I played a lot of league. At one point I played nine, nine leagues in a week. Wow. <laughs> That's it, crazy. Well, I did a lot of side betting back then. There were a lot of guys that wanted to play. Right. So, and that's how I was able to afford those leagues. It just, I would <laughs> you're quick on that, hey, Kerry. Yeah. <laughs> Even though well, you don't condone it, can we talk about it? <laughs> oh yeah, we can talk about it all day long. That's so fascinating to me. Like you're you're open about that though, too, Lloyd. Right? Like there was there was side betting. Like I don't we don't oh, see that a lot anymore. And we've heard stories, and we've sort of known. We don't have to get into nitty gritty, but it's neat that there was a, a, like that sort of happens, and it's was accepted, and that was just the form of playing. Right? I'd love. I kind of like it, but you know. <laughs> 
But there was one guy back in the day, good shooter and everything. He was a solid 240, 245, and he, he wanted to try and take me down a notch. And we would play for strikes. And it got to the point where it was double or nothing, double or nothing, double or nothing. Well, took a good chunk of change off him that night. Patterson gave me shit the next day. What are you doing? Is it? No, no, no. Tom, get it straight. He's got the money. He knows what I can do. I'm not hiding it. End of discussion. Yeah. But uh, Tom and I, we practiced for oh, probably at least 15 years. Uh, usually tw once, twice a week. And we'd play eight, ten games each time we went out. And it was great because we were both intense. And like I say, the way we practiced, the way we played league, and the way we played tournament, there was no difference. You played. And I think that helped a lot for our consistency. I think it really made a hear, difference. You know, that, that was a big part of it is that you played practice once to twice a week, playing eight to ten games a time. I mean, that's a yeah. – it's a two-hour window that you're you're going and putting in. I mean, you're not right. You're not ripping off ten games in twenty minutes. Like it's a two-hour no. thing, right? No. You got to commit yourself to the practice and the time and the intensity into the work. You got to you got to put it in to have a career and have a resume like this. And the reality that that's what it is, yeah. right? For the most part, right? For the most part. Yeah. Well, it, it was it was nice. KG Eastview Fairhaven. We were able to practice at all hunters' houses, so to speak. Well, we both did a lot of coaching back then too. So you know there were some perks so to speak and it was nice we could go and play and yeah when they had available times when they you know when things were slack that's when we'd walk in and play so if somebody decided all of a sudden they had too many people coming in well we'd step back simple as that you know they got to make their money right totally yeah that, that's that's just a good relationship with the proprietors that's awesome yeah, yeah no it's been nice been coaching Oh, shoot. Well, probably close to 35 years now uh, for YBC. And then for adults, I've been coaching uh, since Janet Peters gave me shit and says, okay, you can't bowl anymore. It's time to start coaching. So I went and got my level two. That's awesome. <laughs> kind of glad um, you gave me shit. <laughs> I just wanted to ask um, uh, Tim or Dex, um, who – at Sherwood Bowl would be bowling the most games on a weekly basis. Is there somebody that comes in there all the, every day during the day or like who's playing if, the most games? You um, know what I mean? Like before COVID, um, I, I would either say Gary Goulash would be, if right, or Derek Gall. Honestly, Derek throws a lot of games. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. But, he, he doesn't as much lately, but, but like before. before tournaments, he will. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's not, there's not a whole lot of people that actually do that anymore, though. Be honest with you, Craig Clark. Craig, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but some, but, some random. Oh, no, I, I, George and Arlene actually. That's that'd be. Yeah, oh yeah, right. yeah, for sure. George yeah. and Arlene. Said, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're like four times a week. But you wonder, yeah. like, is there other people at other bowling centers? Or is, is there people doing what Lloyd was doing? Or is there? You know, I don't know how much the Titcats get a chance to go down and play at Bonnie Dune, or, or at one point in time, maybe they did. Um, you know, or is there people playing Dunas or guys playing? What's the most games that they're playing? You know, it'd be kind of interesting. Not so much that I'm aware of, not around town here. There's a couple of guys that'll go and practice maybe one, once a week. But other than that, back to how I used to practice and the amount I used to, there's nobody that dedicated that I've seen in quite a while most of the time though a week before or so 
they'll start throwing a little bit more just before a tournament. Yeah. But other than that, no, you don't – but that's why my knees are the way they are too, right? Because I I don't think I'm far off from saying for a good long stretch, I probably play close to 100 games a week. Yeah, that's a lot. 3,000 games and – 3,000 games in a season, not really including a whole lot of tournaments and stuff in there either. Like, that's <laughs> that's uh, a lot. I wanted to be one of the best. You know, totally. I, got, I, I was fortunate I got myself up there. But uh, it comes at a price. I think kind of knowing Gino a little bit, I think he was, like, around that four or five leagues a week. But they were in different cities. Like, he would do the uh, local with task one one and then you would play up in Edmonton I think at Windsor when it was still Windsor, around yeah. yeah and then I think he was still playing in Red Deer and stuff like that so Gino played probably three or four in different centers but for a week thing I played three leagues in one night but that was the most I ever played in a week I, so I, I, at one point I was playing three yeah you guys played three, quite a bit I was playing Thursday Wednesday and and Sundays but and then plus tournaments, right? But, I mean, I think nowadays a lot of us play the extra league uh, for the extra practice instead of actually dedicating our time to, to real practice, right? Yeah, that's what that extra – it's it's the repetitions of that second night that you get. Yeah. Right? But at least as long as you spread it out a little bit, eh? You know, if it's Monday, Tuesday, well, then you got a five-day gap. You're not – to a point you're not really doing yourself any favors. If you can keep it Monday to Thursday or Tuesday to Friday or whatever the – at least then yeah. it's not such a big gap in between. It's a lot easier to hold your timing too, right? Totally. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, that's where I'm playing Thursdays and Sundays now is like really it's a nice it's a nice balance yeah. for me. And then if I'm not playing very well, then some games in between or some practice sessions in between. But yeah. And I like that Tuesday morning, you know, practice if you can, or even a Thursday morning practice before league to isn't a bad thing either. Yeah. No, well, how many times do you play a tournament first thing in the morning and whatnot? It's not a bad idea for conditioning. To go and practice at some point. I feel like with the open well, qualifying coming up, and you guys like get your you get your eight games for masters, right, on the Saturday, Sunday, so you get your mm -hmm. your big sets in. I don't get to go and play, you know, ten games on a day. So I'm gonna have to go and, and do that before the open comes up to go and play a ten game block. Right. I yeah. think that's a, that's important to do to just to make sure that you're like, okay, this is gonna take you five hours or six hours and condition the body a little bit to get used to it. Yeah, when am I gonna find a time? Difference in timing, yeah. When am I gonna find time to play ten games? But still, I mean, it's not gonna take me five hours at a time. But you know, just three hours, maybe two and a half hours. Okay, it's more grueling mentally than it is physically. Yeah, because look at the time you got it spread over. It's not like you're banging off ten games in an hour and a half. So it's not gonna be that near as physical. But I think it's the mental of like counting your numbers, shooting for a. 27 or 2800 right type mm -hmm. of thing so like oh, i just sort of getting used to how you're playing and what number you're going for and the mentality of the of a series right you guys play yeah. more masters that yeah. uh, you get you play that a lot more 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 eight game blocks I, I don't know like i i guess i've never looked at the number of games and and expected myself to be like i have to be in shape for that or whatever i have issues i'll be honest with you i have issues on one-on-one -on -one matches and I really have to take my time because I'm completely out of shape when it comes to that aspect. But when it comes to qualifying or three on three game, three on three on a lane or three and two, or maybe four and four, whatever it is, um, I'm I'm actually just focused on the game itself, right? And then and then, then there then there's the next one, and then there's the next one. I'm not thinking, okay, I have three games left or I have five games left. I just 
you're always focused on the next one. And then I try to have a goal in mind. Right. And then there's certain parts where it's like, you know, the eighth game is like, okay, this is my goal now. Right. But um, to come in, I had such a hard time when I came out of YBC and all that to have a number in mind to try to shoot it because I felt um, it was easy to, to get derailed when you maybe had a bad game or two to start. Right. Um, just try to trick your mind a little bit differently. That's how I, I've been a lot different that way over the last couple of years. Myself, I never bothered looking at uh, if you're playing an eight-game qualifier. I never went to look at the scoreboard to see where I was at because I walked out there and I'm going to throw my best shot, see what I get, and we're just going to keep doing it over and over and over. Yeah, I just, I'm going to give you guys my best. Come catch me. I wasn't too worried about what anybody else was doing because I couldn't control it anyways. Yeah, I agree. I went out there and I had fun. Like you were saying before about if I used all the energy and whatnot as a psych or no. Because if you chose to watch me, that that was your choice. I'm out here having fun and enjoying myself and doing doing what I love. Yeah. you know, I, I showed it a lot more than others, but it, yeah, it worked for me also. The other thing is, too, I mean, a lot of people out there, you don't have to look at the score to know where you're at. Um, a lot of us can just tell by people's body language and mannerisms. If Lloyd's running off a bunch of strikes, you know he's, well, obviously by his mannerism, if he's jumping and all that, you know he's playing well. A lot of us don't have to look at the score to know where we're sitting. We have yeah. an idea where we are. Yeah. But, and you also kind of have a glance of watching people with the scoreboards up you, above. Like you kind of understand yeah. after four or five games, you know, there's a couple of guys, you get a little high five from a guy. You get you like, can see okay. That's on the other yeah. side of you, so to speak. Yeah. You, you, you have know an idea of what people are doing. You know what's going on. There, yeah. There's one guy when I was qualifying, there's one guy I hated seeing in my qualifying shift. That was Mark Jackson. Because every time I would throw a 400, and I probably did when he was playing, I did it no less than 10 times, no less than. He would beat me every time with that 400. I got to the point where I didn't want to throw a 400 because then I stood a chance of winning the single spot. That's funny. And it was always yeah, Jackson. Good old Mark Jackson. Always yeah. Speaking of Mark Jackson, where are you? We want you on this podcast. <laughs> Get a hold of us. We're trying, buddy. We're trying. Yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd's on the podcast. You can do it too, Jackson. <laughs> right on. He, he's out in the Atlantic's hiding. Yeah. He's fishing. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So when you you know started getting some success, ooh, good one, guys. Hey, 2022. <laughs> um, <laughs> i got to warm up the words. Yeah. Uh, Have you had that list long? Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, like the Open. Obviously, let's go to the Open. Some of the qualifying and the teams and making those. you got a pretty cool stat here about – you know, the number of teams and the position that you played. So how was your experiences open related? Uh, the very first year I could have played in 1983, but I chose to sit back and watch. And that year there were so many men and so many ladies that they had to separate the two ladies played in one house and men played in another. And I hate to say it, but I, I watched the men on the Saturday and then I watched the ladies on the Sunday and just from the way the ladies reacted and the way they went about their business and everything, I learned more from the ladies that than I did from the men for that tournament. And in in the city in Saskatoon at that time, I hate to say it, but I had more respect for the ladies than I did for the men. I'll, it just they scared me. 
Then you had Jenny Irvin, you had Terry Stewart, Kathy Daku, uh, uh, Michelle uh, Fosty Edmond, uh, the list goes, Val Tway, uh, the list goes on and on. There were so many great ladies players at that time, too. Well, Jenny Irvin, I, she won the KG, the Molson Open, um, probably about 10 years before I did, at least. But Terry Stewart, I believe, won it once. Nice. And to be able to play with all those people, it was just, you had no choice but to get better just to stay with everybody. There, yeah. were, there were no less than 40 guys from when I qualified in 84 through to about early 90s. There were probably no less than 40 guys that can make the team at any given time. And, but, and even all the cash tournaments and whatnot, it just, you had the cream coming out all the time. It, it was exciting to watch when I was in Edmonton for the tournament here a little over a month ago. It was mm -hmm. nice watching everybody play again. It just, yeah. I really enjoyed. Big, big numbers. But, I mean, in the open times, I mean, that's huge numbers out of your zone, 40 yeah. people trying to qualify. And, obviously, you're – you keep making it year after year. Now, did you mostly, um, you know, men's teams type of thing? Did you play All men's on? teams. Yeah. I never made a mixed team. Uh, I missed in uh, 85. I believe it was 92 that I missed. Other than that, until I had problems with my knees, I played every year. And I the very first year, I didn't anchor. And after that, I anchored every team up until – when I came back again in 20, 2014, I didn't anchor that. Year. And I just, I thrived on the spot. Give me that ball. We need the mark. I'll get it. No problem. Yeah. And I got, oh, uh, Rob's, there were so many great anchors back then. Rob Salmon out of uh, Regina. And uh, oh, there's he, he brings the best memories back. But there were so many others that I played. And at the time, back then, there were 10 different zones. And you couldn't take That's anybody huge. lightly, you know. Yeah. Just, yeah, okay, they were a weaker zone. But, hey, they they saw Saskatoon or Regina on the back or whatever. They came at you. And you had to be ready for it. You couldn't let down. Totally. It's, it's kind of neat to hear, like, over these 122 podcasts, we talked to all these people about the Open and stuff like that. And like Saskatchewan has, tw you had ten zones. How many do they have now? Now what we have five. Down to? five. Five zones. So, but now, when, it, yeah. unfortunately, it's only five. But I would have to say, everybody has a chance now. Fair. Right. You, you can't take anybody for granted. Not that you could before. And uh, it's nice you know everybody too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit more close knit, but yeah. if it does create like a a competitive balance, that's not a bad thing either, for sure. Yeah, well, that's the only <laughs> thing I hate is the buys out of it. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, you're on a roll. Okay, now you got to go sit. <laughs> yeah, we uh, have the buys out here. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's usually beer time. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we're allowed to drink on our buys now. Yeah, unless you're playing first thing in the morning. You know, you really it it kind of bites because everybody else is warmed up. Now you go walk in, you're cold, so to speak. Okay, now you got to yeah. perform. You know, but you also get an extra hour of sleep. True enough. 
Some some need it. It all depends if the hospitality room's open or not. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, our our open. How many games do you guys play at your open now? Because for us, we played. Uh, we games. played 15, 12, 12 with the buys, without the yeah. buys, so to speak. So we played 20, 25 with the buys. Okay. Um, so I'd our love three to play days, that many more. It brings the cream to the top. It is a grind. It is a grind. You start at 8.30 in the morning, and then all of a sudden, you're done at 10.30 at night. So um, that extra hour of sleep is fantastic. Yeah. It really is, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't mind the, buy, the last buy because that way you can go grab something to eat and the restaurant's not near as full. That's close to the hotel before you get there before everybody else. True enough. Yeah, true. Was, was all, there more zones in Alberta, Tim? No, I think we've always been five. Okay. As far as I, I know, other like, um, just like for example, Northern has the GP5 and they have the Northern, but it's everybody's always been like that Northern and Southern and as far as I know, since the inception, going through the history. Hmm. Crazy. Um, while you're at it, Tracy actually asked a question here. Lloyd, uh, I'll put up here. But if my computer always want to be slow. Um, would, would you love to, uh, would love to know what your most memorable match was? Holy cow. There were so many. Um, I would have to say the KG... The KG in 89 when I won it against Jan Anderson. Oh, Jan, I think Jan had me about 85, 90 pins going after the first game. And I whittled it back, and then I exploded the last game and ended up beating him by 20 or 30 pins. And it was it was a really good uh, match because I think it was 860, 890 or something like that. It was awesome. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, one other match I had was with Jack Walsh. We were playing the Invitational at the KG. And uh, it was the fourth match, we, or no, second round, so we had to play four games. Uh, after the first game, it was 3.03 to 3.05 or something like that. Second game was 3.11 to 3.15. And the next game was a couple more threes with only a few pins. And uh, it ended up, 12.30 to 12.10 or something like that. I was fortunate enough to be on top. And Jack Lefty, he taught me a lot of great things. But what was funny about that match was we were going in into the fourth game. Everybody else had finished. They just started the next match, and they let us finish. They let us finish because, well, we don't want to wait. We weren't throwing many balls, but between the two of us, we took a lot of time. And that's probably why they brought the timers in at one point was because of Patterson, Walsh, myself. And there's a, there were a few others that took lots of time. But the way I looked at it, I took I may have taken a fair amount of time, but I only most of the time I would only throw one ball. So, you know, I can walk up there and throw three balls in, in more time than it takes me to throw one. You know, so... No. It, you know, it all depends how you look at it, right? That's what, that's what Weber and Zebra yeah. always say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. It's it's nice to hear somebody admit that they were like one of the ones that needed the clock. Oh, I was timed at one point. I would set myself, and it didn't feel like it, but somebody said, you were up there for 45 seconds before you moved. Like, really? <laughs> I just, but I would take 
the tar- I used the center arrow for a target, and all of a sudden I would go, and it would just grow. And, oh yeah, we're locked. And just, <laughs> and just, I I would throw the ball. I watch it go through the target. I turn, I'd wave bye to the ball. I turn around and I walk back to the lanes. I was just that confident. And not very often I get snapped. Well, the KG, the pins flew and whatnot. You get so many strings and whatnot is ridiculous. Just, what would you be like thinking about when you're standing on the lane for 45 seconds? I was just taking in the target. I wasn't thinking about a thing. <laughs> I, that's the one thing. I did all my mental prep and whatnot as I walked up to the approach. When I set myself, I worked my hand in so I got the proper grip that I wanted. And all the time I'm staring. You know, it may take me 10, 15 seconds to get the grip I wanted. But all, the whole time I'm staring at that target also. And there wasn't much blinking involved. And all of a sudden we locked in and then we went. And it just... Hmm. Like I say, you knew when you let it go. It just, yeah, no guys hated me because I, like I say, I'd wave bye bye and I turn around and I'd walk back, and they just hated when I did it. And I can't say that because man, look at that cocky, arrogant guy go again. <laughs> and it just, I was like I say, I was having fun. I wasn't doing it to psych anybody out or piss anybody off. It was just my way of having fun. Totally. <laughs> Um, 87 open bronze medal. Did you guys talk about that while I was doing a little camera change? No. 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 Uh, that year was very special. Uh, our men's team, had, it was at the KG, where I'll say. Uh, <laughs> our men's team had won the provincials, and I was fortunate enough to win singles. And at that time, we played the singles event before the team started. So, okay, guys. I, just, I don't want to go by myself because... I want great group of guys, uh, Doug Kachuk and his father, Wally Kachuk, and uh, Ken Grischuk, uh Gabe Breck. Oh, I'm going to miss somebody. I know that already. Uh, you do Larry, Larry Veldu. Uh, oh, shoot. There's, I know I'm, there's one other. I, oh, shoot. Anyways, uh, we had so much fun at the KG. It was ridiculous. And, uh, went to uh nationals in winnipeg and i played what i played well but for whatever the team just couldn't couldn't get it going and i was lucky enough to finish third or fourth and i believe i won the first match to take the bronze but that's the closest i could get in the singles unfortunately Hmm. i I hated one game matches with a passion No doubt. You know, I was fortunate. Some like 13 TV shows, some like that. And uh, the one-game matches killed me. Give me a three-game match, let me settle in, look out. But one-game matches, for whatever reason, I I got lucky. I I shouldn't say lucky, but uh, Ken Norse and I played the very first TSN show. And uh, the two of us went at it, and... I think we had no less than five headpins each in our match, but a bunch of carryovers. We picked everything. Uh, I believe Kenny beat me by three or four pins. I think it, I think it was tied five, five and he got me on pinfall and they played three more matches. And at the end, the end of the day, they took us into the back and uh, we want to show you the best possible show for this format. 
Oh, don't. Yeah, it can't be us. Can't. Be darned if it wasn't Ken and the show that Ken and I had played. But because of all the carryovers and what, this is exactly what we wanted, eh? But it, I hated reliving it because Kenny won, but he did earn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> uh, that's how we play our, our tour championships right now is the, the pins game format. And Dexter's one to know that he's the only matches he's lost has been on five frame carry or five five splits. So. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That, am I right to say that's in Red Deer? Uh, the first three were, and the last one has been in Sherwood, and this year will be in Sherwood as well. Okay. Yep. That, uh, that format staying the same this year? Yep. Yeah. What other, I mean, Autumn Open, of course, does one-game matches. You know, all the step ladders for Masters and uh, <clears throat> matches nationals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Masters national. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, the step ladder is a little bit different. Masters Nationals is three game matches, right, Tim? Yeah. Best two oh, of three. Sorry, Masters Nationals is a three game match? Best in, for the three, step ladder, yeah. yeah. During the round yeah. robin, it's one game matches. In the step ladder, it's three. And then you advance. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's a good idea. It's a race to two, though. It's not total pinfall, yes. right? Yeah. Best two of three, yeah. Oh, okay. If it can kind of speed up a little bit, it'll give it a. Okay. Yeah. They're also taking top five, uh, three instead of five, right? So what's your thought on that, Lloyd? Is a top two or race to two? Or is it like, no, it's a three-game match. It's a three-game total. You know, what do you guys think of that too, right? Obviously, TPCs is three-game totals. But the race to two is kind of a neat format. Well, I don't know if you can see this or not. Oh, wrong yeah. side. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that cute? There we That's go. Right. Hey, uh, autumn open. Chinook. Twenty fifth anniversary. Chinook. I'm amazed it still fits. That was ninety seven. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved that tournament, just mm -hmm. because it was an endurance. I I considered it an endurance tournament. It, you play eight to qualify. You walk into the forties. You play another eight to qualify, and then you're playing a one game match against everybody. I I loved the format. And I love the host because I considered it just like the KG. And it, I love the scoring in that house. Uh, I was, I made top 16 probably about seven or eight times at least. Um, best finish was second. And Joe Cran better. <laughs> that guy, you know, he, he would throw, never punch. He blow by spirit, blow, blow by spirit, seven bagger, blow by spirit. He would never punch a, you know, I had to give him credit because yet at that time, I think Joe was, when Joe beat me, he was probably in his early sixties already. Yeah. You know, and for him to be so solid and what he was, he was a great player. Absolutely. Yeah. It was funny yeah. when I was down in, uh, in, Ver or in Kelowna this weekend, uh, I went bowling with uh, Ken Blake, and he uh, he said okay. he was just he was just talking with uh, um, Joe. Joe FaceTimed him, and, oh, cool. nice. and he thought, but he thought it, he was like super confused because Joe shaved off his beard. Oh. <laughs> he had no beard, and no one had ever seen him without a beard. And this guy was FaceTiming him, and he had 
<laughs> well, back like, in the this guy? Then? And then and then the guy started talking, and he he giggled, and he knew right away. He's like, "That's right Joe." <laughs> yeah, well, back then Joe didn't have a beard. Oh, really? Yeah. No. Yeah. no. <laughs> I've only ever known him with the beard. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, pretty funny. Uh, sad to hear about uh, Larry's and Doug Moggs' Dell. Yeah. You know, great, great guys, great competitors, great guys, great yeah. for the games. BC's you know. gone through a rough patch here with uh, yeah, you know, both, those, both the Larry's passing and yeah, and those are three awesome guys. Yeah, one hundred percent. Totally hmm. agree. They're both. Uh, they are all amazing. Um, how about any more of the just to wind up some open stuff there, Lloyd? Um, some of the nationals. Seven open nationals is obviously a cool feat. Um, anything stick out? There are some of the different experiences you would have had over the years and some of the neat things. That well, the very first one in 84, unfortunately, was the biggest highlight. Got close a few times and finished third in a few other nationals, but that's the one that stands out to me the most. We had got one gentleman by the name of Chris Banani, and uh, he he was about four foot six, four foot eight, and just a little fireball. He... <laughs> He would throw the ball, and all of a sudden, he pulled out his six shooters and started shooting like crazy and whatnot. Pins blow away. Cool. All of a sudden, <laughs> the one time he walks up, he goes to pull out his six shooters. He misses, so he goes back and gets them again, right? <laughs> we were so loose and having so much fun. It just it, – that was the biggest thing. Everybody was having fun. Everybody – you had no choice but to be relaxed and play. Yeah. yeah. It makes an absolute world of difference. It does. It really does. All just getting along. It's all good. Whatever you do is good, man. Just enjoy mm -hmm. yourself. Uh, we, it, oh, I can't remember the years anymore, so to speak. But uh, there, oh, where was it going? Oh, uh, Blair Pizzi and I, I believe it was Sudbury. We were going, we, they had a, what was a 60, 60s night, I believe it was. And, uh, Everybody slicked up and greased up and everything. And the whole, there were three different hotels. Uh, Blair was walking back to his hotel, and he was slicked up, leather jacket and the whole bit and whatnot, and he got himself lost, so to speak. So he asked this lady on the corner, can you point me? And her pimp yells at him, that's my girl. You go find your own. Get on your own corner, so to speak. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. And our coach, Jack Stewart, he walks into this bar, he goes, has a beer, and he's bullshitting with these guys and whatnot and doesn't pay attention to what's going around. And it was a gay bar. And one of the guys, do you know where you were? He says, Well, I was having a beer and whatnot, enjoying some conversation, having a good time. He <laughs> says, He says, You know what saved you? Well, what do you mean? Well, you were in a gay bar. The only thing that saved you was that lipstick kiss on the side of your cheek. You were taken. <laughs> um, yeah. At that uh, back then, at that time, we used to have functions the Friday night, whatnot. And uh, Blair and I, we had done a number of TV shows back then at that time already, and we knew her, we could walk up to Ernie Afghanis, who did CBC Sports, and we could talk with him. And uh, Ernie happened to come up. To Blair and I, hey, who do you think is going to win the men's match tomorrow? And I, 
unfortunately, we were standing right by beside the Southern Ontario team, uh, right by their table. And Blair and I both chimed right away. Alberta, hands down. And they were playing Southern Ontario. It, really? I said, they're just far too, both of us, they're just far too strong. I believe it was Lynn and Bruce and Brian. Brian Goodhope? Yeah. Great, great yeah. guy. Great guy. Yeah. And, well, all three were great guys. Yeah. Um, next day, I believe Alberta hammered in 7 1. Uh, there were two guys off the Southern Ontario team that went home. They didn't bother stand for the medals. They were so upset. As a result, I believe they got suspended for a year because of it. But, uh, but, and Blair, Blair, Dave Jorgensen, and myself, we tagged together a lot on the circuit and everything. And it was just to a point we were inseparable for probably over 20 years. And it was kind of just like Lynn, Bruce, and uh, Brian. Uh, the six of us got together all the time. I recall our, uh, we got married in uh, the end of September after I had won the cash tournament. And we had over 700 people to the dance. And over half of them were bowlers. Brian wow. and Lynn, yeah, Brian, Lynn, Bruce, they all they all came down for the wedding and everything. It was a good it was a good time, but it's just at that time it, that's how tight the bowling community was, so to speak. You know, totally. so many so many friends, you, they were like family. Yeah, it, that's the one nice thing with Facebook and everything. I've got friends in St. John's, I've got friends in Victoria, Vancouver, all across the country, and I remember that more than the games I've played. Yeah. Uh, Masters. Oh, I'm th early '90s, but anyway, or no, maybe it was '88 or '89. Anyways, uh, it was in St. John's, Newfoundland, and uh, first year out in Newfoundland, I had no idea what was going on, and got got to our hotel room, and here on my phone, there's a message already. Like, what in the world? It, it, I believe it was, it was either Phil Foley or Kevin O'Leary. But the message was, beer's cold, barbecue's hot. Where are you? Well, you didn't have to call me twice. We had an extra day there, so no problem. Let, let's have a good time. Let's enjoy your cup, each other's company, so to speak. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad I had that extra day off, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Newfoundland will get you every time. Well, there were some silly guys. Um, uh, honorary Newfies inducted. Uh, one gentleman from Winnipeg, I won't say his name, but uh, he thought he'd pull a fast one. Well, the cod have razor sharp teeth, and he was already three sheets in the wind, unfortunately for him. He decided to slip the cod the tongue, so oh. to speak. Sliced up his gums and his tongue. He was walking around with Scott Towell <laughs> covering like this for probably the next two to three hours because he had so much alcohol in himself, <laughs> his blood wouldn't clot. <laughs> but he played the next day. <laughs> wow. He, he played the next day. <laughs> oh, There's a few guys know who I'm talking about. but <laughs> Newfoundland's coming up this year, isn't it, there, guy? I, yeah, it is. Knock on wood. Yeah. Knock on, um, an old There's friend of mine, Jerry Ash, yeah. he uh, Jerry got was able to play five decades, and nice. he, he yeah he was always pumped about that so to speak. 
So I'm knocking on wood. Maybe I can too, because if I if I can be fortunate enough to make a team, it'll be five decades for me this year too. That's so awesome. that'd be cool. I know that was something Lynn was always pushing for too, and Lynn got his five decades, and he was pretty stoked about that. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. You know, to have longevity in the sport, you, there's you don't see a lot of guys doing that. Yeah. It was really nice to watch Blair play uh, when I was there for the cash tournament. Yeah, it was awesome, his... it was awesome yeah. to see him playing again. The yeah. only thing I I wish I would have gotten a picture of Lynn, Bruce, Blair, and myself. The three of us haven't been together for probably twenty years. Right, it would have. Missed uh, on my uh, photo op, so to speak. Jen, Jen Huron's giving me shit for that. <laughs> I thought about that. Yeah. Shoot. Missed one. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen again. It really doesn't, right? I mean, there's at, at any age you can have success. Just got to put your yes. best foot get there. Mm -hmm. Totally. Just one shot at a time. It all depends how you talk to yourself more than anything. It's funny, uh, again, going back to my little trip out to BC there, but there's a there's a group of, like, older people that play every Sunday morning. They go in, they play eight games. Alan Byrne, Ken Blake, um, those guys. And then there's, like, four or five other older people that play too. And there's, there's a gentleman, uh, I think his name was Bill. Um, he's in his 70s. And, you know, five years ago was averaging 210. And he's played so much, and he's worked so hard on. He's averaging two fifty something now. Cool. In, in his seventies, he has improved that much in his seventies. It's Ken, Ken Blake awesome. or Ken Blackie. So okay, so that's the thing is like okay, so I've always called him Ken Black or Ken Blackie I, or I'm, Blakey, right? Okay. But he called and left Kelsey a voicemail, and he said, "Hey, it's Ken Blake here." And okay, we he's never like, corrected me, so I know. And we were both we both sat there like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> That's the great Was he in Edmonton or was he in Calgary that I saw? Calgary. Uh, uh, he was, he was, he in, was in Calgary. Yeah, yeah. I know I've seen him in a tournament this year, and I was oh, cool. He's still playing. He's hoping to get to Regina too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it for the first time in a long time. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just want to go have some fun. Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, great, great lanes, great people hosting it. You know, I really like the setup in Edmonton that I saw this year, too. You know, Sean, you could have told us this like 20 years ago. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, we were all like flabbergasted. It's Blake. Yeah, but it's spelled B L A C K E, I thought. It is, it is. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, yeah it's a very silent. The C scene. is silent, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him, Tim. Get him on the uh, podcast. Let's let's have some conversation. Kenny. Oh uh, yeah, he he'd be a tough one to get on. It. He's not really computer illiterate, is he? But he was facetiming Joel Cranon better. It can't be that yeah. tough. Right? Yeah. Um, we can try. You know what? I'm, I'm sure we can figure out a way of making it happen. Wait, we, need, even, we need even a, like I'm sure I'm sure maybe Kelsey could figure that out with him too. I don't know, but uh, we, we, I'm sure we could get him on. We, we need a left-handed demographic covered, right? So Blake yeah. would be perfect for it. Blake, it's Blake. How about Masters, Lloyd? Did you you know try each year? Was that something that wasn't quite as big? It didn't have the numbers um, when it comes uh, down to it. But how did the Masters go? When I first started out, I played uh, 
every year up until probably early 90s and then family took over and everything at that time i was only getting three weeks a year holidays a year so i really had to plan things out so to speak and open with that was my mainstay um so i really had to watch to see where with masters and holidays because i had to have some time with the family also right yeah uh i made i believe it was five teams four or five teams that i went to nationals with that got a couple of bronzes and that was about it uh the one year i played uh 95 i believe it was i played singles and was at the kg uh and i averaged i think i was some third second or third high average can't recall right now but uh i ended up sixth i believe it was everybody knew it was my home so to speak and they should when they came they they brought it and i knew they were gonna play hard against me and it just i played well but it just just no one game match but great experience but lonely yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that's the only that's the one thing I hated about singles. Is you're on your own. I I love the teams so much because you can bring all that energy and enthusiasm back to your partners. And uh, come on, let's go, let's get this done, eh? Uh, it it was so much more fulfilling, at least for me. Um, I was asked a few times, and I said, told my sister. Would you like to rather play cash tournaments or team? I'd rather play team. You know, the cash tournaments are nice. But to be able to share all those different moments with seven other, you know, five five more teammates and a coach was so much more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it, it, and it was, it was about the experience. The medals were nice, but it was just the experience with all those people. It just... I found very gratifying. Sounds like you'd be a great candidate to be a manager for a five pen uh, U pro team league. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> Who wants to play in it? Well, then you have to deal with Wisty. <laughs> well, that's no problem. I, I coached him. That's no problem. I, I, back youth challenge and whatnot, and a little bit of YBC. And then uh, played on a in a men's league. Uh, he was on the team when my son brought me back. Uh, he he was one of the four others, and we had a lot of fun that year. It was really good. Good good friend of the show. Good friend of the show. <laughs> great guy. Great player. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Both of them. Yeah, one of my favorite human beings. So so that is a good question, though. I mean, um, would you guys rather play on a team or play a, a singles event like a cash tournament? Which one do you guys prefer? Myself, team, team. Yeah, I like I like winning with teams better, but I think both are equally. I don't know. It's just different atmosphere, right? I love the cash tournaments because you get to hang out with 150 different people, and you yes. actually you right. actually get to hang out with them. Yeah. Uh, teams a lot of the times you do, you don't get those opportunities as as easily. Um, especially if you are playing until like 10 p.m. at night, it's harder to hang out with everybody. Mm-hmm. So for the hanging out portion, I definitely prefer the cash tournaments. But I, I, I mean, there's there's no better feeling than winning a nationals with a team. 
You did. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the cash tournaments too. But, uh... <laughs> yeah. I love playing the team. It's obviously been more, I've had more success playing the team. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm a good team player and I just, I really love that all together. But I, got, I really want to have the success, you know, in a cash tournament or singles or to, to make a run. And I just have it, right? So it's the desire is absolutely there. But I much more enjoy and full, um, you know, team atmosphere is just, it, it, you can't beat it, right? It, it's so fulfilling once you get to the end and be able to get all the way. It's just, it's ultimate for sure. Yeah, I've been quite lucky over the years. I've had great success at both. And it just, it, yeah, and I, I'm I'm thankful for what I've been able to accomplish. Yeah, and all all the friends I've made, you know that sure. that just stands out so much. It's ridiculous. Um, I will. I I think they both have their own merits to it. Um, but I will say, if you ever win with a team, or if you ever done well with a team, or had a special moment with a team, you're forever bonded with those guys. I feel. Mm-hmm. Right, you always have you always have that certain bond, and uh, I, I think that's what you can never get from the cash tournament portion, um, because it's just you. But you also have that special moment in a cash tournament. Um, but if I had to choose, I'd probably be a team. I, I mean, I, I'm I'm so fortunate. A lot of guys out here carry me along, so uh, <laughs> I have better moments on teams. But um, I enjoy both. Um. Yeah, I think for like obviously the camaraderie and the the team aspect, obviously nothing better than winning with a team. But coming from um, baseball and a super team oriented sport, the competition can't be matched in a single when you're playing against 160 of the best players across the country, willing to put money where their mouth is, right, yeah. to prove their point and prove how good they are. It. it to walk away a champion in that setting is got to be, you have to be on top of the world, right? right. Um, but it's sharing, very sharing that, sharing that moment with uh, five or six other people's it it's, you feel their energy too. And I think that's why team is so much more gratifying when you do have that win, or even when you have a tough loss, you get to share that loss with them too. Right. So it's a big pick me up as well. Um, yeah. They both definitely have their merits for sure. You know, I think about what about like golf, right? The singles-based sport, they're constantly battling for individual titles, but then they get the opportunity to go play in a Ryder Cup or the President's Cup. Do you think that that when they win a Ryder Cup, that that is that so much more special and gratifying than what it is to win the individual tournament, the Masters? What's more important for them? Mm. Right? Oh, I, I don't. I, I I think both are equally important, but I will say. Uh, Daryl, I think that's a great analogy because the Ryder Cup, you're playing for your country, you're playing for your pride. And I think a lot of our zones across the country, when you play for your zone, you have a little bit of pride in it, right? And you want to do well and nothing feels better than representing your zone or your province and winning. Um, so that is a great analogy there, Daryl. I, I, you know, well, the same. Uh, we, had one, we had one year. Right. Same so, thing. Girl. Yeah, go ahead, Light. Uh, we had one year in Saskatoon where they changed our zone and they wanted to include a couple of the smaller towns in the surrounding area. So they called us Central Sask instead. Well, it was all Saskatoon players that played. Um, and uh, our men's team, I can't remember who all was on it, but we had such a rough go at it that uh, 
over the back, we used masking tape. And instead of Central Sask, it said Central Taxi because we didn't want to admit where we were from. Well, we almost, because of that hijacks, we almost got suspended for a year. Is it? No, 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 no. We're not putting down the zone. We're putting ourselves down. It's as simple <laughs> as that. We didn't want to admit where we were from because we played that rough. Wow. It's, just think, things can, it's amazing how they can get taken out of context quite quickly. Uh, a lot of people see it a different way, right? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Daryl, when you're comparing those two, it's definitely, I think, the same. I think if you ask any of those golfers that ever made a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup and won, that's probably the highlight of maybe their career. But the players that it's so tough to make those teams when you win a major like Augusta or whatever, that's probably the highlight of their career, right? Not yeah. making a Ryder Cup and losing, but winning something. Yeah. You, you have to win. You can be at nationals all the time and not win. And I guarantee if you win a, a tour event, that's probably a highlight of your career and you'd rather do that. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. But yeah, but it's and it's just different too, because you could see like a completely different level of intensity in the Ryder Cup too. You get to see like way more people pumped up and fist pumping and yelling that you never see in golf, right? No, you is wouldn't it, normally see that through the Masters or something. Well, it's awesome unless it's, it's like you know, yeah, unless it's like coming down the line and you're thinking a putt to win, then then you give it a yeah. big Tiger Woods fist pump. But outside of that, yeah, yeah. I mean, who's who's our Bryson and who's our Kepka? I mean, like having them together on the same team—that's that's a good question, right? I mean, Ooh. but they, but they but they did they did it for the sake of. The Ryder Cup, right? So, um, no different in a lot of personalities out here, too, right? So, a question for work together. For teams that you played on, Lloyd, was there ever a couple of people that when they got paired up on a team, you're like, oh shit, here we go, right? (laughs) We're going to have drama. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you had to sometimes deal with personalities. What was that vibe? Is that that real? Is that part of being on a team and having to deal with that? Did you experience that? You had to deal with it. Uh, There's a few people that. I'm not going to mention any names. Oh, no, no, yeah. But uh, there's a few people as, oh, shit, we're going to have some drama. Because to a point, they were individuals, not team. You know, uh, Tom Patterson loved playing with the guy. Because you knew you were going to get 260, 270 out of him. But Tom wasn't a team player. Tom would, the five of us would be in the pit. Tom would be over at the back reading his newspaper. Okay, Tom, your turn. Walk up to the strike, go back and read his newspaper. But you knew what to expect. But I'd l- I loved having him on every team because it, he was an asset. Simple as that. And, and great friends. Great yeah. friends. And, and, and Tom would be the first person to admit that too. And that's like him strong to know, listen, guys, this is what you get with me, and I'm not going to be the guy in the pit, rah, rah, rah. I'm going to be the guy coming in and throwing a strike. But when yes. I'm done and throw my strike, I need to go and do this. So respect hey, me. I, this is, yeah. We'll get a, but some guys I can imagine would be like, come on, Tom, come on, Tom, come on. There, there were a few, yeah, there were a few that were put off by it. Right. But it just, hey, I want him to play at his best. And if that's what it's going to take for him to play at his best, you do your thing. It's as simple yeah. as that. I, yeah. here, <laughs> my very first Masters in 85. I was playing well, and I was pushing Tom for singles. I had no – Tom's mom, Edna, was my coach, but I had no idea who Tom was. And 
I knew, I well, I knew who he was, but I had never really seen him play, so to speak, or anything. And uh, we were playing at the Old Prairie Lanes in Regina for the last uh, tournament, and I was pushing Tom for singles. The night before, there was a function, and I was asking uh, Jack Walsh, "What's all involved with singles?" Well, Jack started talking to me, and you know, taking me under his wing, so to speak. And we talked, chatted for a little bit, and Tom overheard it. Tom came up, and if you think you're going to take away my singles, okay, well, it's on. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, I think back, to, I think we were playing 10 games at that time for the Masters. And it took, I didn't want it, but it took Tom six and a half, seven games to catch me. Uh, I'd rather play on the team, but I'm going to make you work for it. Absolutely. It was great motivation. <laughs> and uh, after it, but another year after that, and then all of a sudden, Tom and I, we respected each other a lot more, and we started practicing. And he uh, taught my son in grade one and grade eight. Oh, just, that's amazing. Was involved with the bowling school for probably – Straight 15 years and then probably put another four or five years in off and on. But loved the bowling schools. It, they were so Just good. his enthusiasm, enthusiasm and energy and everything. It just, it, they're just awesome. And I'm very happy to see he's still doing it. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Let's talk about your coaching stuff because you've you've done a lot of coaching and you're back into that now and that's a big passion too. When we see some of your posts of uh, you know some of the things, but yeah, where you've you've obviously coached for a long time, but more recently and some of the success you've had coaching uh, YBC and and whatnot. I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been coaching, like I said earlier, probably for at least thirty five years now, as far as YBC goes. And I've had a fair amount of success with that. I was able to take one team to nationals. And that was a learning curve in itself because the boys, it's all been senior boys. This is, this is the first year I've coached juniors. Up till, that, up till now, it's always been senior boys. And the boys were taken back, so to speak, and they couldn't believe the atmosphere. It's something none of them had seen before, right? And they sat on the bench and watching. I said, okay, uh, they weren't doing very well as a result. And I said, okay, you guys, you got to stand up. Well, what? No, you got to stand up. I said, when you start throwing strikes and whatnot and start having fun, then you can sit down. Well, they got up and they start, all of a sudden, they started chucking like I knew they could. And we ended up, I think, bringing ourselves up to third place, got a bronze out of it. But all of a sudden, now they could sit down. They didn't want it. They were having too much fun. They were getting into Man. it. Coach, well done. Yeah. yeah. I had another experience. Uh, we were playing provincials, and it was already down to the four-player teams at that time. And we were down probably about 70 pins to Moose Jaw and Regina. But the nice thing about it was we were playing over on lanes 17 and 18, I think it was. And Moose Jaw and Regina – were playing their own matches, but they were there was about six, uh, six, no, probably about four sets in between us and what we were doing. I called the boys back and I says, "Okay, guys, here's the scenario. Yeah, we're down a bit, no biggie. We can do this." I says, "But there's a catch. 
and they're looking at me and going, what? I said, let's make as much noise as we possibly can, and let's have as much fun as we possibly can. I don't care if you punch. Get into it. Have some fun. Well, be darned if we didn't win. Because all of a sudden, Regina and Moose Jaw weren't focusing on their game. They were watching to see what we were doing. We were still playing average, but it ended up taking them out of their game. And we were able to step over top. Yeah. Just, just little things. Totally. The memorable experiences, too. Just be able to take that on so long. They don't realize it, but when you're 10, 11, 12, 15 years old and coming out of things like that, they'll go a long way in their career, man. Mm -hmm. You know, 20 years from now, they'll look back in that moment and they did that in, in YBC. And that was pretty, you know, big of them to propel them into a longer career. Well, very first uh, team I took, Taylor Track was on it. Cool. Oh, yeah. So uh, we still talk every once in a while. He'll send me a message on Messenger. We'll bullshit a little bit or else, hey, coach, can you give me a hand? I said, well, what are you doing? And I'll toss him some suggestions and whatnot. And then that was about five years ago. And then all of a sudden, Taylor started lighting it up uh, about a month, month and a half later. He ended up winning the provincial singles and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And I was so happy for him. It was ridiculous. He was, 2019, you know, yeah. He was having fun. Now, Lloyd, what type of things would you have said to him? Like, hey, make an adjustment, a physical adjustment, or would it be more mental sort of things like trust your shot, believe yourself, you know, remember this, or how would you, you know, how would Pretty you have that? Right? Some, not so much physical, but more mental. Uh, just more about focus. What are you concentrating on? You know, I'm a firm believer if you can hit the target, you can hit any pin out there. It's just a matter of angles. If you throw the same ball consistently, it's just a matter of where you're going to position yourself because you know you're going to hit it, right? When I practiced, I I would say out of 100 shots, 95 of them were at the middle. I would just throw for strikes and relax. <laughs> and I, back then, I think I was probably about 93, 94% on the middle. Uh, my corners were high 80s, 90s, and even the chops. Well, I averaged probably two and a half headpins a game, but I also averaged six strikes a game easy. So if you bunch them up, you're going to have a good game. And yep. if I didn't have if I didn't have a punch, look out. It was a good game. Would you keep track of your stats, or how do you know that? It was just sort of, you know. No, uh, that was from our Wednesday Major League. They, right. they would keep track of the stats. So – at that time, it was uh, an honor to win with a high spare percentage or high hits. You know, and there was a monetary uh, value involved with each one also. Eh? Hey, Sunday night. Hey, boys, what do you think? Just, uh, that's when we hire JB. <laughs> JB yeah. can hack into our system and do it for us. Just, hey, JB. You're a stats guy on Sunday, aren't you, Tim? You know, I just keep bare minimum. That's one, that's one nice thing about uh, the uh, system hunters have. You can do print printouts and whatnot, and it'll document all your hits and spares and everything. Oh. Oh, it does it yeah. for you then. Yeah. There's got to be a way in your system. Yeah, or JB. Maybe yeah. it's a system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's cool. 
and you pay out a hundred bucks for the guy who hit the middle the most this year. You got to pay yeah. out a hundred in each division to, you know, you know, spared the most stops and corners. He picked up the least amount of, you know, wood on the. I would, love, I would love to see who was the worst. That would, that would definitely. Yeah. Apparently, Jen does all the work. <laughs> yes, Jen, you do a good job at it. Uh, not a computer doing it. I do it. The, the one thing I miss is we used to have the telecoms right up front so you could see the whole game. Now, unfortunately, due to global and everything, they've taken them out. So all you have are the monitors up top, and generally they'll only show four frames. So it's a lot harder to keep track of the stats. So now we're manually doing it for the major league. We're manually keeping track of the stats as we play. We're the machines keeping scoring to a point we are, but we're just recording our marks and hits and everything. So it's not as easy to track anymore, so to speak. A little bit more uh, involved. Doesn't that kind of like if I had to keep track like that, I think I'd be out in like left field just because well, I'm, I'm so not never done that ever. Like, Carrie loves this conversation, but Carrie, you know what? What, what, what Lloyd is talking about, I would actually be way more comfortable with rather than entering it's the in the same, it's thing. not. So, if you if you just have a sheet, right, and it's like game mm -hmm. one, it's like head pin hits and then you just give it a tick after each one or yeah. and then and you have right corners a tick after each one and then it, whether you're spared or you don't or whatever but like if you're not so you'd, you'd rather pick up a pen and click instead of tapping one ipad and well, just it, but, but if, if it's an ipad that where you could just select hits rather than entering in your actual score all the time i would be far better with that have you not used an app before? It is literally no. just clicking and moving to no, the next. No, I'm just, it. I'm saying, I'm saying, just keeping track of whether you hit the middle, whether you left a corner, like what you left, not, not entering in every shot. Sounds like you just want to be difficult. It's I not bet really you, that you don't no, want to do it's stuff. just all part of the mental side of the So, game. so our our shift for <laughs> well, it can be, Saturday but I don't dwell on stats. Our shift for Saturday afternoon would take forever. I tell you that next year, like. Take longer than you think it would. No, it well, if the team shows duties doing it, it's not so bad. Bowling. Yeah, you're right. If it's only one person <laughs> doing it, then it's a pain in the backside. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have a really good guy right now doing our so. He's great. He's awesome. Thanks, right JB. <laughs> well, no, he, he did. He did for our TPC, but I mean, it's been a big team effort for for Calgary. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Between yeah. Carrie and Kelsey, really. What does yeah. Carrie? You want to build your own app, Carrie, or how do you feel? About yeah, it? I I think it should be the responsibility of the player to mark their score down. How hard is that? They do it in golf. They do it in other individual sports. They do it I in get. golf. They write down how many shots it took. That's totally different. That, that's no, end of the not. game. No, Wait, what, it is not. It, you, you're you making it to be a big production. It is literally you tap the screen, you swipe to the next frame. That's all it is. It's not a big production. I shank this one into the bush on the left. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. They called me fescue when I golfed. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Anyways, yeah, so, but with the YBC, uh, 
I was fortunate enough uh, out of Eastview. I had the same, pretty much the same core of boys for about five years. Oh, I'm getting grief from Tom. Tom, I put in many good words for you, but all good. <laughs> for now. <laughs> Just don't rewind about 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, he can rewind. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I had the same core of boys for about five years. Ryan Riker was one of them. And uh, a great group of boys to be able to work with. And for four straight years, we went to nationals. Uh, what Newfoundland, I think uh, they did their best where they got third, but uh, it, it was such a great environment because all the parents were involved and uh, they they were all over the place. It's not like, okay, here, here's my boy or whatever, take him, do, okay, I'll come and get him later. Everybody was involved, so it made such a nice, nice experience and uh, very still really good friends to this day that. Uh, that was probably just about 10 years ago now, eight, nine, somewhere around there. And it just started off with winter games with the boys and just carried on from there. Uh, like I say, it was quite rewarding. And my wife and I were good friends with everybody still. Uh, it was just... Okay. Now, um, tell us about the 2008 uh, C5 Open with the Yokosuka League. That would have been awesome. I listened really well. <laughs> got that many ladies, you better listen. That's smart. <laughs> it, it, like uh, Janet Peters was on that team, and she's the reason I started uh, coaching adults. Uh, when I had blown up my knee the last time, she says, "Okay, well, you can't play anymore, but there's too much information in your head. You got to start coaching." Well, I'm coaching YBC. No, no, no. You got to start coaching. So I went and got my level two, and the very first year, I coached the men's team, and I got taught a valuable lesson. Uh, a really good team, but I had a couple of individuals on the team that decided, well, no, we don't like that lineup. Well, we're going to go and tell Lloyd that, well, no, the team talked, and this is what we should have for a lineup. It was totally different than what I was going to put in. And it bombed as a result. And then I found out afterwards that that wasn't what had taken place. And I was quite upset. And I learned, okay, no. It did, unless you have all six people coming and talking, it's not a team decision. Simple as that. Uh, the next year was 2008 with the ladies team. And Janet Peters, Jamie Sox, uh, Alyssa Rack, Spark at that time yet, uh, Jen Huron, Julie Bain, and uh, oh, da, 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 who haven't I said? I know I missed one. Uh, Jackie, Jackie Spark. Yeah. Uh, oh man, what a team! What a team! And, and so much fun. It, Janet, she was the anchor and the leader, so to speak. And you had Alyssa up top as a fireball. And then in the middle, you had Jackie and Jen and whoever. It, it didn't matter who you put into the lineup. It just, they all played. I don't I don't think I'd be far off from saying nobody was under a 230 average. And we played at Nationals. We uh, 
were playing one match. Uh, I'm not going to say who it was, but uh, all of a sudden the chanting started going. And they, oh, we just, we played, we chanted, the girls chanted, something I wasn't used to because guys, at that time, guys don't chant, right? So I'm getting into it. It's a team. So every, we're chanting, we're having fun and everything. And all of a sudden, the team we're playing start chanting, trying to chant us louder and louder and whatnot. And I took the ladies to the back. I said, okay, we're bowling here. This isn't a competition for chanting. Let's do our thing. I'm fine with the chanting. Let's have fun. We do our thing. They can chant as loud as they want, do whatever they want. Let's go play. And we did. And we, they did well. They were just awesome. Uh, just, I had one point. Jen's going to shoot me. Well, that's okay. <laughs> it won't be the first time. Um, Jen. Has already shot you? <laughs> oh, more than once. <laughs> more than once. I've, I've known her a long time. A long time. And just <laughs> little sweetheart, so to speak. And, uh, Jen was struggling a little bit, and she said, get me out of here. Okay. And I watch everybody. I don't just, I'm not just worried. I'm watching the matches and everything. And I really wasn't ready to pull her. And she said, get me out of here. Okay. Well, she didn't play for three and a half games after that because I'm one that uh, – you're only concerned about yourself. You're not concerned about the team. Okay. Well, you don't want to play. I'm going to show you what I, I'm going to give you the desire to want to play again. Well, when she came back in, she was ready to play. <laughs> but in the meantime, her mom, Kathy Jorgensen, great friends. Uh, and she, she's a sweetheart in herself. Uh, she go, She calls me back after about two games. I came here to watch my daughter play. Why isn't she playing? So I told Kathy what was going on. I said, nobody pulls himself. I said, she's going to sit there and she's... Said, but on the other side, I didn't tell Jen why she was sitting either. That was my mistake. Up until maybe about four or five years ago, I think I told her about four years ago, do you know why I sat you? Really? <laughs> I said, but you learn by making mistakes. But just, that, that was one thing that really stood out. But that team, like I say, it, Jamie and Janet Peters were four and five most of the time. Uh, Jamie, Sox, Dawson, uh, very intimidating, very aggressive. Janet, very aggressive. And it just solid. The whole team was solid. And just a lot of fun. Yeah, th those names you mentioned, they, they've been synonymous with uh, Saskatchewan bowling for a long time. So definitely a team that would have been fun to coach and be a part of and yeah, watch Lindsay, them succeed. Lindsay Burge, uh, Daniel Leffler, uh, um, oh, can't think of her name right now. But anyway, there are so many different ladies even yet. But unfortunately, they get married, have kids. They've got different priorities. Uh, 
unfortunately, quite a few of them aren't playing again now, right now. Some of some are coming back, but other it, it's really weak for the ladies in Saskatoon right now, unfortunately. Right. It kind of goes through waves, right? Yeah. It seems to. It seems to. Yeah. And hopefully some of those players you talk about maybe will look to come back, right, and form teams again and put on another little run. Yeah. Well, that's the nice thing about the game. You, yeah. well, I'm 58, and I'm still looking at making teams. Uh, I think Janet was, uh, when we won in 2008, Janet was uh, early 50s. You can play the game at any age. Yeah. Yeah, I think the last time I made a team with, like, Lynn, I think he was, like, 58 or 59 or somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. No, Lynn, Lynn's not seventy decks. <laughs> well, no, he's he's mid sixties. He's, he's like mid sixties, I believe. He's like yeah, he's sixty four. Yeah, or 65, that was that was about thirteen years ago, decks. It was not thirteen years ago. It was your first year at YBC, so two thousand seven, and you're two thousand twenty two now. So that's fifteen years ago. Hmm, hey. <laughs> okay, so he's <laughs> What's that? What's that, Lloyd? Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk some uh, really cool things and perfect games, Lloyd. That's always it. Oh. You need to find out where those went and how did those happen. First perfect game, obviously, a number of you know seven, eight, nine, ten baggers. Um, you know, when do you remember to start throwing your first seven baggers, eight baggers? How did that go? And then start working your way to the perfect. Uh, but. Like I say, when I, I started throwing really well in my when I was just towards the last of my YBC, and it just five, six, seven baggers used to quite often be unfortunate to be at the KG. But having seven off the gun, I don't recall too often when I when I ran them, most of the time I'd throw three, four strikes in a row, corner, throw a few more strikes, another corner. And I had the model get four, pick one. Put your best ball in the pocket and see what you get. I know I can I can pick corners all day, and if I get that, then that's two eighty, right? Yeah. But uh, if I I had quite a few times where I'd run seven or eight off the gun, and then I get snapped on a corner or something. The first very first time I, I did both game both times I did it were uh, Tuesday night at the KG in the senior mixed league. Uh, the first one was kind of wild because I'm up there for the tenth frame, and all of a sudden the whole whole place is going quiet. And all of a sudden, you know, every every eye is on you, so to speak, and that was a little nerve wracking to a point. But I I'd be up there in my stance, I felt like I was solid. Somebody behind me says, "Your shirt was just shaking like a leaf." <laughs> oh. Okay, <laughs> and, but every every shot in the tenth, I knew, and it, just, it was quite exciting. And at that time, we got a ton of prizes. Uh, the association gave me a perfect game ring, and uh, I had gotten two tickets anywhere in the world Air Canada flies. Oh, I could have nice. it, it was awesome. I could have I could have you know, Hong Kong. 
got hit so many different places and then gone back to my final destination. Unfortunately, at that time, work and whatnot, I had to burn them off on Edmonton. But it was oh. a good cash turn. <laughs> 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 uh, there were a ton of other prizes. The second one was in the same league. And I had been throwing well. I had a couple of 300s, and there was a gentleman by the name of Reno Baquetto I was playing against that day. And Reno was just nipping me the first two games. Both, both of the perfect games were my third game. I didn't didn't throw again after that. Oh, there and I looked at Reno. I said, Reno, you are a bugger. I said, I'm throwing a 400 at you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hammered a 450 at him. Okay, to beat that, so to speak, eh? But it just blew me away the fact that okay, you he made me focus that that well, and I, I was tired of him tagging me, so to speak, eh? I when I was first starting out, I got taught a valuable lesson because I had a wicked temper, a wicked temper. I. I had such high expectations for myself, and I would get upset if I wasn't doing what I needed to. And uh, playing the Friday Night Senior Men's League, and Jack Walsh, Jack Stewart, and a few other old vets we ended up playing that night. And uh, they sick Jack Stewart on me. Uh, it was Terry Stewart's husband. And... Uh, Jack worked me to such a lather, I wanted to take him outside. I called him outside, and he said, no, 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 you go cool off. Well, I cooled off that weekend and whatnot and ended up seeing him the following Tuesday in the senior mixed league, and I went and shook his head, and I said, thank you. I said, that was a heck of a lesson you guys taught me. Because after I thought about it and whatnot, I said, yeah, no, that was planned, and they did it on purpose. They wanted to show me what my temper would do. They showed me well. <laughs> yeah, you know some of those old vets they uh, they could te teach lessons when they wanted to. Some were quite valuable. I think the game is right. You're right. There's so many more lessons and more times to be learned. I mean, you don't see that. Mm -hmm. You know, I, gamesmanship, right? There's there's stuff going on, right? And and I, I never believed in mind games. Yeah, you do whatever you want over there. If that's what helps you, great. Um, Rob Troche, good old boy. And uh, he coached us in Masters in Winnipeg the one year. And we were playing well, but working harder than we had to and just weren't faring very well. And the one match Rob brought out, I forget. I don't know if it was Alberta or Manitoba that we played. Rob brought out a deck of cards as that. Everybody pick a card. That's our lineup this game. Well, take the other team off so badly we got swept 8 nothing. Oh, no. I didn't, yeah. Well, they didn't. Rob was just going to put in a lineup that he had anyways. He was just being Rob and having fun. And they uh, didn't appreciate it. And they schooled us because of it, eh? <laughs> yeah. You never want to motivate the people that already want to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. Rob was a great motivator. He, go, he would go, uh, okay. Team needs you. Go throw a five-bagger. Five-bagger for a six-pack. Okay, cool. Walk up there and throw the five-bagger. Okay, that's one six-pack. And then you do it again. A couple of games later, we need another five-bagger. 
okay, another six pack. <laughs> I'm still waiting for the six packs. But <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, man. Was there any last stories we, you want to share with us, Lloyd? Anything uh, you talked, obviously, you have some great memories with a lot of the players across the country and stuff like that. Do you have any uh, any stories that you want to share before we wrap this thing up? No, Jerry Ash was a hoot. I don't know if any of you know who Jerry Ash was, but uh, no. great guy. Um, one of the first memories I have of Jerry, uh, Michelle Simpson, uh, her father, Dean, was watching Jerry at the old Hunter's Bowl drum. And Jerry was probably tossing 90% strikes easy, if not higher. But he was mad all the time. So Michelle's dad went up and at, after Jerry was done. Why are you so mad? I'd, I'd kill to throw that many strikes. I was hitting the wrong pocket. No. Really? <laughs> I aim for the target. I don't care what pocket it hits. I know the ball's going to do something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, they had a Molson singles event at one time, and uh, the winner got to go to the pro provincials, and I played Jerry in the final. And Jerry just nipped me out. But what he remembered most was getting a hug from my wife because he had beat me. And he kept hugging <laughs> Tom's No, Tom, I don't remember why Jerry always practiced on one and two. Uh, you got me no, on that one. To, we're going to have to wait for Tom to comment. Yeah, you, have, you guys uh, don't have to quiz Tom. <laughs> I know you're talking to your buddy again, and he was great to see him back at Sherwood Bowl as Daryl oh, Bailey. Yeah. Super kind of cool to see him and so enthusiastic playing again. But, uh, you guys are buddies too. Uh, one more story about Jerry. We were playing yeah. at the KG, and he got upset at a shot. He kicked. Uh, KG had the standing ball returns where the balls came up on top of the rack. And if you tag the front of the ball return, it was kind of floppy. Well, Jerry took it with the side of his foot, tagged the top of the ball return. Six balls one way, six balls the other the other way. And here's Jerry hiding under the telescore desk trying to it wasn't me. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, it's a little obvious. Get out from under the desk, bud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I I had one shot down at the KG and we were on at least eleven and twelve. And the runway to go into the back was beside the pillar on alley 12 and in between 12 and 13. Well, all of a sudden the pin chaser came running out of the back as I'm just in mid stride. Most of the time I could stop, but this time I just hammered the ball into the floor and it went straight up and tagged the ceiling tiles. Oh, well, be darned if two balls didn't fall down. They had a uni university party the day before. Well, we wondered where that ball went. Oh. <laughs> oh. Wow! On, on that same time. pillar, they were, we were we were in the basement, so there were concrete pillars, except for on alley twelve in one spot that was maybe about three feet by about a foot and a half, where it was drywall because they had wires for the microphones going in there and whatnot. Forget who it was. He took and slapped the pillar. His hand went straight through. He didn't realize there was drywall there. Oh no! Yeah. So <laughs> Mike Herbert would destroy that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um 
Well, Lloyd, I know we can probably sit here and talk to you for more than a couple more hours, but uh, we've reached our two-hour mark, so we're going to wrap this up. Oh, wow. um, already? Okay. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, no wow. doubt, eh? Doesn't seem that long, but... <laughs> well, we want to thank you very much for coming on, sharing all that information with us. Um, and like we've been saying, Unreal Resume. Um, we're going to wrap this podcast up. Uh, we'll probably have you on for another podcast down the road here. We'll make sure Tim stays in contact with you because oh, uh, really? there's a lot yeah, more. Yeah, no, I'd love over. to. That'd Perfect. be awesome. Um, you're welcome to stay on and talk with us after. We're just going to put you in the background here and run our draw and uh, end this podcast. Thank you very much Sounds for good. coming on. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, a lot of fun. Most appreciated. Thanks, Lloyd. That was great. Thanks, no, Lloyd. All right. He's a lot of information that... there. Oh, yeah. Tons of information, tons of stories. I feel like he's got like an encyclopedia full of stories. It's, it's yeah. awesome. I love it prime time when it comes to the Lloyd Weens in his career, right? Like, yeah, but the prime. And when you were playing in the bowling, this this was it. Yeah, one hundred percent. I wish I was in that era. It's just such a different era than we are at now, right? Um, just like the pot games, the the stories. I mean, we have our stories now, but it's it's not nearly what it was back then. Maybe we're forming. Yeah. Do our own. People are going to look at us one point. I remember when these guys were, you know, TPC had this many, and then the the pro league started out. All these eight gamers. I mean, it was amazing, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a different time. It's because everybody has a camera now, and uh, <laughs> stuff gets recorded too easily. You can't get away with uh, some of the stuff that they did in the past, and all these. Yeah. Um, well, we even have memories of the not too long ago, right? Like you're spending all day at the Regina Classic in the evening watching these guys bowl and sock bowl and all that stuff. That that stuff doesn't happen anymore. Not as often anyways, I guess we should say. Yeah. We've um, grown up. <laughs> some of us. Kind so, of. Tim, so Tim, My we've had a lot of people requesting to show us the gift. Where is it at? Is that coming? Or? No, no. It's, it's locked and keyed. <laughs> <laughs> Now, next, guess the gift. Yeah. I remember <laughs> guys of going to KG, you know, in the late 90s, and, uh, and and Lloyd was there and playing these tournaments and stuff, and, and one of the guys for sure that stood out how excited he was to play, and it very fashion rubbed off, and just an absolute beauty of a guy. So super glad we were able to have him here on the podcast for sure. Absolutely. 100%. All right. So without further ado, let's get this uh... – Draw going. Show us a gift. 26 entries. Good luck, everybody. So this is for an all-star. I do believe it's a gift card. Um, once we find out who won it, we'll contact you within the next couple of days and pass that information on to All-Star Bowling. Good luck. Five in universe. Yeah, the five Steve in universe. Oh, good. There we go. Hey, right. good job, Steve. We'll uh, get in contact with you. So, Tim, who's our uh, guest for next week? Well, that's, that's a good lead way because next week we have Fran Clark. Uh, so, Fran's uh, well respected in the community. Uh, very good technical person, former proprietor. How to build the LTAD? Yeah, and then the following week is is Steve Greensides. If we're working on, he finally got a. a 
a webcam and everything. So Steve will be ready to go. We're going to work on that. So uh, great, really excited for those two. Great lineup. Done. Good booking agents, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, and everybody have a good night, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks, everybody.